Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 614 for the 11th of of in a regular year. So we've all been been in that situation at a party or a gathering or meeting somebody for the first time in another context where one of the very first questions that the person we're speaking to asks us is, so what do you do? And some of us get more triggered by this question than others. But for a lot of us, uh, we do kind of, you know, even if we're very passionate about what it is that we do, it does kind of get annoying to us if this is like one of the first things that we're asked like before the person really gets to know us on any other level. So like, I mean, some of us do enjoy what we do and we like to talk about it. So it might not be such a triggering question to us. But uh, what if we were to tell the person, you know, what it is that we do and then they were to walk away right afterwards? It would kind of give us a sense of feeling that we're being judged, that this person really didn't get to know us on any level other than superficiality of, you know, what it is that we do. There's kind of like this cliche of like, you're not what you do for a living, but it's who you are that really matters. So what does that mean exactly? And where is this question coming from? What do you do? Why do people ask it? Why is it that we may have this instinct, you know, like on the flip side of things, if you go to a party, you're meeting somebody for the first time, I, you know, it'd be hard for me to imagine that this isn't a question that's lingering in your mind. Let's say you have an hour conversation with the person and it doesn't come up. You don't ask them what they do for a living. I mean, that would also be kind of strange. So there is something about this question of what do you do that is very personal. And those things that we do as a profession, especially if we believe in God, we believe in divine providence and how everything has a spiritual parallel to it. The things that we do for a living are not really random. They do have hold some some insight into who we are. I mean, even if we have a job, let's say, who which unfortunately we really don't like, you know, that itself can be a conversation opener. Why do you have this job that you don't like? Is it circumstance? What led you there? All of that. And the fact is, whether we like it or not, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, what we do for a living really is very essentially connected to who we are on a certain level. I mean, we spend so many of our hours at work, most of us anyways. And even if it's not a lot of hours, the amount of time that we, the, during that time that we spend working, we're really investing ourselves fully, hopefully, in the work that we do. We could be doing a million other things and instead we're really putting our focus into that work that we do. All of our soul powers are connected to that work that we do. So this is why being asked, what do you do, is not really as superficial a question as we might think it is. It's actually the person's asking us, you know, how do you spend your time? What is it that you involve yourself in? And this actually does show quite a bit about a person. However, as we'll see the flip side of this, and this is kind of, we're going to go back and forth between these two things today, and we'll get into the 
the, the podcast, the Tanya topic soon. Um, it's not the full story and we are not what we do. We actually transcend all of that. And actually our true selves, our deepest selves, our godly selves is far beyond any of our work, any of the external activities that we do. But in fact, it's something, you know, way beyond that. And in fact, it's actually an expression of exile, the fact that we need to work for a living and the fact that our godly soul doesn't always get fully expressed in, um, in its full way for the vast majority of us when we do our work. So what all this leads up to and what this is going to get to is the topic of giving staka. And uh, we kind of mentioned brief, briefly staka. I mean, throughout Igarasa Kodesh, staka has been a really big topic. But in the past couple of episodes, we've been talking about this idea of the two dimensions of the heart and how this relates to circumcision and how there are, you know, the two layers that are involved in circumcision and how the external layer is something that we can remove when we're talking about our heart, but the internal layer is a much deeper type of um, layer that can only really be uh, removed by God. And we'll see today how this actually relates to tzedakah and how extending this conversation and seeing how, yes, indeed, you know, we can't uh, remove this inner layer of our heart on our own. One thing that can actually instigate this process is actually, interestingly enough, the giving of tzedakah. Why? Because when we give staka, we're giving staka from our money, from the money that we made with our livelihood, with our work, or even as the ultra mentions in uh, other places in Tanya, let's say somebody is just a trust fund baby or they don't work for a living, they receive money from the government or whatever, that money that they're receiving, they could have used it for something else for their life, for their livelihood. And instead, they chose to give this money to Tzedakah, give it over to God, do it, give it for a mitzvah. And so by doing so, this actually is a way of actually sacrificing, self-abnegating this big part of your life, this aspect of yourself that is found in this exile, that is trapped in these external trappings of the what do you do conversation. And when we do that, then we actually open ourselves up to something much greater. And we we create space, we create room for God to circumcise our hearts on this deeper level. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to happen. It's not something we can expect. It is a gift from God, but it is a way to kind of prepare ourselves um, to be in that state, to make ourselves be more receptive. So that's going to be the topic of today. And for context, uh, we're going to get right into the text right now. For context, we are still in Epistle 4 of Igaris HaKodesh, and um, we're in the middle of Epistle 4. And so the Altarepa begins today, and he says that, however... So even though, yes, this more inner dimension of, uh, of circumcision of the heart only happens through God, only God can accomplish this and not us. There's this principle of, of Esarusa de la Ela and Esarusa de la Tata. So there's, uh, there's Esarusa de la Ela is an arousal from above and Esarusa de la Tata is an arousal from below. These are terms that come up a lot in, uh, in Chassidus a lot. And basically an arousal from above means like it's an arousal from God. God's initiating it. And Esarusa de, de la Tata is our initiation. And we know that often it's like our initiate, our spiritual service down here um, initiates our Esarusa de la Tata, our arousal from below, elicits an arousal from above. And this is likened to the aspect of my nukvin, which is feminine water. So this, I spoke about this briefly in the introduction that there's this idea, and I'll just uh, go on here just to give another thing that Alzheimer's says, that there's no... Um, 
there's no drop of rain that this is from the Zohar. There's this idea. There's no drop of rain that descends from above without first two drops ascending from below. So like, what does this mean exactly? Is that basically it's like, if we think about it in terms of like relationships, male, female, then often where it seems like the male is the one that's chasing, the male is the initiator and all of that. It's actually in a certain sense, the female, because the female needs to show that she's receptive. She needs to smile. She needs to, you know, back in the day, they would have a thing that the woman would like drop her handkerchief uh, while she was walking down the street. If she saw somebody that she liked and she would leave it to him then to go pick it up. And that would be a sign that he was welcome to come and approach her. So with us too in our relationship with God, in this sense, we're the woman. So while it is God that chases us, so to speak, it is God that comes and ultimately redeems us. It, it does start with us. It starts with us making ourselves available. And so thus we need to, continues the altar, but we need to begin the process of this circumcision, even though it's ultimately going to be God that's doing this deeper, more essential uh, subtle circumcision chest, we need to first do the first parts. First, we need to start with the Mila. We need to engage in this intellectual meditation and all that stuff and and remove that coarse level uh, that are that are that's covering up the inner aspect of the heart. Like we can't even get to the inner aspect without first removing the outer aspect. So we we remove the outer aspect and then we come to the inner aspect which what's this inner aspect the inner aspect is this love of god which is like for the sake of of our lives where it's like our whole entire lives are dependent upon god there's this acknowledgement of that and right now it's found in gallus it's found in exile in this world uh which it's like people feel they, they sacrifice their lives god forbid for things here in this world um because there's you know god created it in such a way that that it can go in either direction. It's zelo matze. It's called in Hebrew. Uh, so, okay. So now we come to tztaka. So tztaka, this is like kind of like the bringing it all home. The amazing power of tztaka is that when a person gives tztaka uh, from their money, which is their life, their livelihood, their, their vitality, because like we described in the introduction, a person's whole entire life is, is within, it's infused in the money that they have, then this actually cause, causes this, um, this removal of this, this uh, foreskin. And, and this is even especially when a person, like a person might think, okay, like, you know, I understand that for somebody who's very rich, who has a lot of money to give to Saka. What about somebody that's poor? Do they really have to give Saka? So the altar actually says that if a person is limited with uh, with money and is like for this specific time, they uh, they don't have a lot of money. Um, so then all the more so it means that he's really giving of his life. So it's like, if it hurts for you to give stuck up, it's like you're literally, you could either be using this money to buy food <laughs> for yourself or, uh, or to give to somebody else. That's where it's really going to hurt. And that really shows, um, that you're giving that, that shows that this money is really you. It's really your life. And especially if you work for yourself. So the ultra Rabbit is acknowledging the fact that some people, their money doesn't come from their own work. Regardless, the money, your money is your life in a sense, but especially if you're the type of person who works for yourself, that you, you, you work for your own income. Um, because interestingly what the ultra says is he says it's it's impossible that if a person is really really works like and they're really involved in their work 
then they're going to be involved in this work on this level of the umka deliba, on this level of the depths of your heart. So think about that. I, I, I don't know how many of you can relate to that. I, can, I mean, I can relate to it in a certain sense that it's like if you, when I'm working in my business, I'm trying to build up my business, it's like I'm putting my entire self into it. I'm really getting into it in a full way. My whole self is involved in the building of my business in making sure everything runs smoothly, all of that stuff. So that same level, my full self, the money that I generate from that, that money now has my entire self in it. It has my umka deliba in it. So if I give it to Tzaka, that's my way of sacrificing it, of, uh, of, of circumcising my heart, that level of the heart to God. And uh, and we see that this is this is the way of the world with people, business people, people involved in the world. People really, it's like the first question people often ask people is, "What do you do for a living?" This is like the definition of who a person is, right? And uh, so now, when a person then goes and takes this money that they generate from their work and they distribute it in this like very free flowing fashion, and they give to God with great gladness and goodness of the heart, this is how we can actually redeem our heart our souls from this place of captivity from the pit meaning that um that this aspect of the inner recess of the of the heart which was found in exile and captivity within the klipos the uh whether we're talking about the coarse klipa or the more refined subtle level of klipa this is a way that we can we can redeem it from there uh and now the Altar brings a citation which says, this is from Mishle, chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart with the greatest vigilance. That's the, the literal translation, the simple translation of it. But if we look at it also, that you should guard your heart from every, any mishmar. The word mishmar means a prison. So meaning that we have to guard our hearts from prison. And how do we do this? We do this from, through Stucca. So the uh, the way that we redeem ourselves from the from the the external forces is through giving stucca. And this is the idea of priya. This is the idea of that inner aspect of the circumcision that we do, which is uh, interestingly in Hebrew. Again, a lot of interesting etymology today. The word priya in Hebrew, uh, it's it, it's related to the word priat chov, like removing a debt. Because basically it's like we're born into this world like owing a debt so that it's like we become indebted to the forces of evil. So it's like when you kind of like when a person devotes their life to something basically then it's like we become it's like another way of saying it's like we become indebted to them like now it's like you have to work a certain amount of hours at your business. You have to call that client. You have all these things that you're like a slave to basically. And it's like, how do we remove this debt? It's we move it through removing ourselves, through redeeming ourselves with stucca. So that is the end of the section today. And so just to sum it all up, bring it all together, the main idea is tzedakah, is the, the great power of tzedakah. And the great power of tzedakah that it has is that it, it allows us to tap into this level of the deeper circumcision of the heart that is usually otherwise inaccessible to us. So we know, again, there are two levels of circumcision, whether we're talking about physical circumcision or emotional, like the, the circumcision of the heart, the outer layer is what's known as Mila, which is the outer foreskin. This is 
spiritually, this is when we remove um, we we remove our our coarse basic desires for the world, and we instead channel them towards God. And this can be brought about through our intellectual study and contemplation and meditation upon God. And then there's the inner part, the panemius alev, the umka delipa, the depths of the heart. And this is much harder for us to tap into. It's really covered up because it's really an exile. We hear in this world, we're like in this this confusing world where our passions, our deepest passions even sometimes are for things that have nothing to do with God. And and to, to be able to tap into this level, to be able to, to circumcise this level is not so easy. And it's not even something that we can do on our own. This is can only come about through God, with God's help, with God's effort. But we can assist him. We can initiate the process. The way we initiate the process first of all during prayer is it's, it's a time that we can actually tap into this on some level when we pray from this depths of our heart when we kind of like get in touch with our true self our true godly self but secondly through giving stucca because giving stucca is our life our, our, our money is our life in a sense it's, it's our true it's our livelihood it's what we put all our energy into making a living um and even if you don't work for yourself, it's like the food that you buy, the 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 clothing that you have, that all of these things, it is what defines you as a person. So when we actually when we channel this, when we give staka, this is our way of actually like showing God, like we're we're sacrificing our lives, and this gives God the opportunity to then come and circumcise that inner part of our heart. So that is it for today. And we will continue with this section tomorrow. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak Ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.